following is a paid program on 630 WLAP. This is the Tom Dupree Show on News Radio 630 WLAP and WLAP.com. Welcome to the camp. I guess you all know why we're here. My name is Tommy, and I became aware this year. If you want to follow me, you've got to play pinball. Your earplugs, put on your eye shades, you know where to put the cork. Welcome to the Tom Dupree Show. This one's pre recorded. I'm actually out of town this weekend. And uh, I'm doing this on Thursday. So if something happens, big piece of news in the meantime, don't expect me to be covering it today. Um, I do want to start off with a psalm, Psalm 65. Blessed is the man whom thou choosest and causest to approach unto thee, that he may dwell in thy courts. We shall be satisfied with the goodness of thy house, even of thy holy temple. By terrible things in righteousness wilt thou answer us, O God of our salvation, who art the confidence of all the ends of the earth and of them that are afar off upon the sea. That's Psalm 65. So there's some interesting things going on, and uh, I'm going to give you my take on some of these things. Um you may be uh have already been following this story. I'll give you my take on it. It has to do with the uh Twitter um situation that Roseanne Barr found herself in. Uh here's an article uh that uh is on market watch like like Roseanne all Americans are just one bad tweet away from being fired Roseanne Barr discovered that one bad tweet can upend your life she's not alone the point that really needs to be made here is that um the country has tried so hard to bend people's thoughts and actions into something that can be controlled. And it can't be. People say things, they do things, and human behavior is not controllable. The left-wingers, the uh, Nazis that dictate speech and things like that, would have us believe that human behavior and human thoughts even can be controlled. This is why the stock market goes up and down because human behavior is not able to be controlled. You know, as I sit here today, uh, the Dow Jones is down pretty good amount this is on thursday yesterday wednesday it was up like crazy 
and the day before it was down like crazy. Human behavior, and that's what human behavior is. If if you watch markets or any sort of markets, you're you're watching human behavior. You're watching people do what they do. It's not subject to being controlled. Now there are many governments around the globe and people who want to try to uh, say this is how you should think you should not think any other way and comedians say what other people are thinking or they make comparisons to things that are obvious when you look at them and she says that she was speaking under the influence of the uh, nighttime drug Ambien, which is a thing that a lot of people use to get to sleep. But um, I don't know. It, it's I think the real criminals are the people who try to put a lid on behavior and say, you can't say that. You can't think that sort of thing. That's not our values. Our values are different. That's why we have a free country. Because some people have uh, one sort of thing that they like. Another person has something else. That's what makes up a free country, the ability to speak and to say things. And uh, so the real criminals are those that uh, demand that we all walk in lockstep. Sears plans to shutter 72 more stores with closing sales starting in the near future. Sears has identified another 100 unprofitable stores. How is it that Sears is even still in business? I don't understand. And um, this article is about the decline of shopping malls also. Um it talks about, well, it's, it's a different article. This is on Business Insider. Dying shopping malls are wreaking havoc on suburban America. It seems like frequently I hear stories about uh, some sort of knifing going on at uh, Fayette Mall or something happening in the parking lot, people getting attacked. Rolling Acres Mall in Akron, Ohio, opened in 1975 to great fanfares, the premier shopping destination for the surrounding community. But customer traffic started to slow more than a decade ago. Several department stores abandoned their leases and the mall began to fail. It lost its last tenant in 2013. Over that period, the mall was the scene of several crimes. A homeless man was sentenced to a year in prison for living inside of a vacant store. Another man was electrocuted trying to steal copper wire from the mall, and the body of a likely murder victim was found behind the shopping center. The mall was still vacant last year, and it remained a safety concern. The mayor of Akron instructed residents to stay clear of the area. The city began the process of demolishing the shopping center in late October. Now, this isn't true for every mall. But it is true for a number of them. As the shopping habits of Americans 
begins to change. More people buy things online. They buy things uh, from specialty stores. And it seems to me that shopping, just the, the act of getting in your car and going shopping, is beginning to decline because people simply don't have the time for it. When they can when they've learned they can go online and get something much quicker, the shopping experience is in a matter of minutes rather than a matter of hours. It's the same sort of thing that you see about racetrack behavior. People don't tend to go to the racetrack and stay all day because they don't have as much leisure time as they once had. They don't make the time to just go and do nothing and be entertained for the better part of a day. Um, and that's sort of what the shopping experience is like. I don't think women tend to be your shoppers that would go and, and uh, look at things for uh, a long period of time and sometimes go shopping without even buying anything. Just look at stuff, you know, pull things off the rack, try them on, that kind of thing. Most men cannot stand shopping, would just as soon be electrocuted as going shopping or, or have uh, their fingernails pulled out. Um, and so they tend to not be as affected by it. But I think women's behavior has changed to where they do a lot more shopping online. And I know my wife just simply doesn't go shopping anymore. And uh, when it's so easy to, to go online and, and find what you're looking for and then have it at your house in two days, it seems like that that's what they end up doing. And with the change of mall culture is another change in America. When I was a young kid, downtown Lexington, you had lots of people on the streets. They were going shopping at stores in downtown. When we got the malls in the 70s, that traffic went from downtown where you don't, downtown is a zoo now. It's homeless people mainly, and some lawyers and me, <laughs> people like me, and that's about it. You don't see many people walking the streets in downtown Lexington. You look at a picture from the 50s on a weekday in downtown Lexington, it looked like Madison Avenue, New York City. That traffic went out to the malls. Well, now, with the decline of the malls and the mall walkers, where's the traffic going to go? Do people even get out of their houses? Are they going to go anywhere, or are they going to do everything online? It's, a, it's kind of a sign of the way America has begun to isolate itself. So anyway, it's nothing that anybody can do about it. It's just, it's just an indicator. Stay with us. You are listening to the Tom Dupree Show. It's News Radio, 630 WLAP.
I want... Just want to be informed. Need to know what happened. I need to be prepared. What you'll want... Major eruption... Calling people animals. Laurel. The royal wedding. And what you'll need... To indict a sitting president to witch hunt. Kim Jong-un. North Koreans want to meet... Securing our border. This severe weather. Check in and catch up at the top in 30 minutes past the hour. Information. Important things. What you want and what you need. What you want. Every day. What you Radio 630 WLAP. Hi, this is Tom Dupree Jr. Are you a retirement saver and investor? Do you know how much income you're going to need in retirement to live? Do you know how much income your retirement savings are going to produce for you during retirement and how to avoid liquidating those funds? If you don't know the answer to these questions, you aren't alone. However, if you would like to know, give us a call at Dupree Financial Group at 859-233-0400 for a free analysis of your retirement savings. We believe every retirement investor should know how much his or her investments should be expected to produce during retirement. That's Dupree Financial Group at 859-233-0400, DupreeFinancial.com, and the Tom Dupree Show Saturday mornings at 8 o'clock at News Radio 630 WLAP. That's Dupree Financial Group at 859-233-0400. 630 WLAP. Back on the Tom Dupree Show. This is something that's sort of interesting. Savings rate tumbles back near record lows as Americans spend more than they make for the 28th month in a row. While U.S. personal incomes grew, as expected, at 0.3% month over month, Americans resumed spending far more than they make. For the 28th month in a row, year-over-year growth in spending has outpaced income, sending the savings rate back down to just 2.8%, the lowest since the debt-funded holiday spending spree of December 2017 and just shy of record lows. Adjusted for inflation, real consumption rose 0.4%. It's interesting how Americans spend, and of course, you know, It makes sense because the governments of, uh, well, not just governments, but entities throughout the world hold so much of our debt. We are a spend now, pay for it later uh, kind of nation. And, you know, I I think I read somewhere that 40% of households in the U.S., maybe 50%, can't handle a uh, $500 uh, unexpected expense. They don't have the money set aside. You know, gasoline has gone up somewhat. It should be going down if this oil price uh, backup holds. But... um, Let's see, where is oil? It was trading at, 
as of this $66.74. So we should see some big-time decrease in gasoline prices at some point fairly soon. Because when gasoline was hitting around $3, oil was up to $72 a barrel. Now it's under 67 So that's, you know, almost a 6 to 7% decrease from the high, uh, 6 to 7% decrease from, you know, uh, Three dollars would be oh I don't know somewhere around two dollars and seventy five cents somewhere in there two seventy seven that that ought to be the price but regardless um, Americans have been spending more than they make and um, I think that. Uh, That doesn't bode well for retirement type in investing, which is what we do at Dupree Financial Group. Um, in order to, the, the people that I know that are some of the wealthiest people I've ever known are not wealthy necessarily in terms of massive amounts of dollars. They're wealthy because they spend within their means and they save money from every paycheck, whether they're retired or working. There aren't that many people like this, but there are people like it out there. Um, and we have been fortunate to have some of these people as clients, people that live within their means. These are people that uh, typically go about their business very quietly. They don't overspend. They're smart about the decisions they make with money. And they don't live like paupers either. They enjoy their lives. They consider themselves blessed. And typically, they're very thankful sort of people people that are uh, happy to just be doing what they're doing. You know, Donald Trump really uh, amazes me in certain things that he does. He, the guy seems like a child, first of all, like a little baby. And he complains about being slighted this way or that way. He he gripes, he complains, he gets he has a ego that's just insufferable. Uh and no matter what anybody says to him uh about that, it seems like it doesn't stop him. He's not gonna take anybody's uh advice or direction about shutting up or staying off of Twitter or, you know, doing something or, or acting like the bigger person when he feels he's been slighted. He screams and hollers. 
But he drives the liberals crazy because he's done so many things to advance conservative causes, one of which is the amount of regulations that he's rolled back and uh, just things that really are amazing amounts of the Obama legacy that he has dismantled and gotten rid of, and it needed to be gotten rid of. And now he's using his pardons of, or his powers of pardon. He's pardoning a, a high-profile conservative, Dinesh D'Souza, who admitted to having made a campaign finance violation was tried in uh, Manhattan court convicted of this but Trump felt like the punishment that he got was uh, more severe than what he should have because he was a conservative and so he has given him a full pardon. Uh, some of the other people he've, he's pardoned is Joe Arpaio, the Phoenix area sheriff, calling him a patriot who was treated unfairly by the, um, the Obama administration. And Arpaio is now running for the Republican primary. So it gives me joy, despite how foolish and childishly Trump conveys himself at times to see uh, this legacy of so much of what Obama has done to this country uh, being dismantled. That's, that is a, that is enough of a, of a pleasure to me that uh, some of Trump's, goofiness just doesn't really bother me and I, I'd be interested in how you felt about it any callers but we can't take calls today because this is a pre-recorded show entitlements will eat America's economy as we did in the 1990s lawmakers should put aside partisanship and get to work This is by John Kasich of Ohio. Now, John Kasich acts like a Democrat sometimes. He acts like a Republican, but he's really right on this. It took almost first 200 years for the federal government to accumulate its first trillion dollars in debt. The next 20 trillion took less than four decades. What can the country do to dig itself out of this massive hole? Republicans and Democrats in Congress must put aside divisive and pointless soundbite politics and at long last get serious about meaningful spending restraint and entitlement reform. See, the only thing that would stop them at this point, and John Kasich can write his article, and that's all nice and well and good, but the only thing that would stop them would be if the bond buyers quit buying their debt because a lot of this spending they do is financed with debt and so that's why they got rid of the 
debt ceiling because if there's a debt ceiling in place, they can't keep uh, issuing bonds, which is borrowing money, to pay for all this crap. If you just put a hard debt ceiling in place, you would stop the government from spending. They would have to uh, quit doing it. But it hasn't happened. In fact, they, they, I think they've suspended the debt ceiling altogether. All right, hang in here with us. You're listening to the Tom Dupree Show. And this is News Radio 630 WLAP. There's someone I used to see, but she don't give a damn for me. Genesis Diamonds right now has their most aggressive offer ever. Listen to this. No down payment and no interest for five years. Nothing held back. You can't miss this extraordinary event through June 30th. Hi, it's Tom Leach, and I know you're going to want to make the drive to Louisville to take advantage of this one. All Genesis designers, Garagio, Takori, Christopher Designs, Henry Dossie, pick anything in the Genesis Showcase, pay nothing down, and enjoy no interest for five whole years. Even all of Genesis's GIA certified engagement rings are included. How about a $5,000 Takori or Viragio ring with a GIA certified diamond for as low as $85 a month? This is incredible. Swiss watches too. Fabulous. Omega, Breitling, and Tang Heuer timepieces as low as $35 a month. Buy today with nothing down. Get the incredible value price Genesis is known for, then spread your payments over five years with zero interest. Do not miss this. Genesis Diamonds, Shelbyville Road Plaza in Louisville, official jeweler of the Wildcat. See store for details. Support our veterans on June 16th by participating in the Old Glory and Thunderfest in Wilmore. Proceeds will benefit USA Cares. Start off in Lexington with a flag ride with visits to the Veterans Hospital on Leestown, the Thomas Hood Veterans Home, and ending up at Servant Heart Farm in Wilmore. There'll be a flag ceremony and family-friendly concert that afternoon. To learn more about Old Glory and Thunderfest and to purchase tickets, go to usacares.org or servantheartfarm.com. That's usacares.org or servantheartfarm.com. We'll see you at Old Glory and Thunderfest. As we kick off the first part of your weekend, we're doing so on a really nice note here across the bluegrass. Mostly sunny skies taking over. It is warm and muggy out there. We'll see highs top out in the mid-80s. Now, as we get into your Sunday, we track in another system that brings the chance for some showers and thunderstorms, and some of those storms could be on the stronger side by your Sunday morning. For your official weather station, News Radio 630 WLAP, I'm WKYT meteorologist Chris Johnson. Broadcasting live 24 7 from the heart of Big Blue Nation. This is News Radio 630 WLAP and iHeart Radio Station. I'm Nick Soboleski, a Select Quote agent with a true story that could save you hundreds of dollars a year. A woman named Linda just called. Her husband, Ray, has a $300,000 group life insurance policy, but is changing jobs and can't take it with him. Well, I shopped the many highly rated term life insurance companies we represent and found Ray who is 41 and takes medication to control his cholesterol, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for under $27 a month. That's almost twice the coverage for less than half of what he had paid. If SelectQuote hasn't shopped for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. For your free quote, call 800-226-1818. That's 800-226-1818. 800-226-1818. 
or go to selectquote.com. Since 1985, we shop, you save. Get full details on the example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials. Your price could vary depending on your health, issuing company, and other factors. Not available in all states. 630 WLAP. Back on the Tom Dupree Show. You know, one of the things that I think is uh, crazy is racism. It is something that I'm not sure it really exists in the way that people would tell us it exists. I think it's more fear-based. Uh about I'm afraid of you because you're different than me or something like that or along those lines. And yet here's an article in the Washington Post that says racial resentment among whites is the real impetus for welfare cuts, study says. White Americans are increasingly critical of the country's social safety net. A new study suggests, thanks in part to a rising tide of racial resentment. So this is something that the Washington Post loves to get their little teeth into because they, like many liberal uh, publications, and they're they're into stirring up what they consider consider to be racial resentment. What they're really doing is cover is stirring up strife among people. The study conducted by researchers at two California universities and published Wednesday in the journal Social Forces finds that opposition, it tells you right there that's got a liberal bias, finds that opposition to welfare programs has grown among white Americans since 2008, even when controlling for political views and socioeconomic status. White Americans are more likely to favor welfare when they believe that their status is straight is threatened and that minorities are the main beneficiaries of safety net programs, the study says. <coughs> Excuse me. The findings suggest that political efforts to cut welfare programs are driven less by conservative principles than by racial anxiety. That also hurts white Americans who make up the largest share of Medicaid and food stamp recipients. That's true. President Donald Trump and congressional Republicans have proposed deep cuts to both programs. So the conclusion there is that because Trump was elected by a lot of uneducated white folks out in the country, that he's simply responding to his base by cutting social programs. But I'm not sure it's that complicated. I think you you have to look at who has most of the jobs. Um, there are more white people unemployed than there are black people, and there are more white welfare recipients than there are black ones. The 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 thing that it really gets down to is that producers people who are taxpayers resent having their tax money 
go to people that don't work. What I mean by that is it doesn't have anything to do with your race. This is why I don't really agree that racism is the big deal that people say there it is. I don't think it even hardly exists in this country anymore other than some people who just want to pin problems on I think it's classism really more. So if you see somebody that uh, is from a lower class that you perceive than you are, you're going to call them some kind of epithet if they're one color and another one if they're another color. But it has to do with whether you're a producer or not and whether you perceive that this person is spending uh, money that you have produced and worked hard to produce and the government is taking it from you and giving it to them. I think that's what the problem is. I don't think it has to do with white people versus black people. It says white Americans called for deeper cuts to welfare programs after viewing charts that showed they would become a racial minority within 50 years. They also opposed welfare programs more when they were told that people of color benefit most from them. Well, we already know that's not true because white people take more welfare money than black people because there's more of them. And the idea that somebody would fear that they're going to become a racial minority, if you see how many black and white marriages there are, and people dating and interracial couples that at one time was considered to be a no-no, now it's the norm. I don't think a lot of white people are that worried about losing their lily-white status over time. So, once again, it's, it's how liberals stir up and say, well, this is a problem because of this, 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 and this, when really it's BS. What else we got here? I want to talk a little bit about... Um, the markets and what we've been seeing go on in, in the stock and bond markets. And we'll talk about some more of this in the second hour. You know, you, you're, you're seeing uh, Donald Trump make certain kinds of gestures. He, he's talking about putting uh, tariffs on uh, European products, even Mexico. U.S. tariffs prompt anger, retaliation from trade allies. Well, what would be the effect of something like that happening? How, how does it, what does a tariff do? Well, it raises the price of whatever that good is that one country is trying to sell to another. 
it's a tax. So if Europe is selling steel to the U.S. and the U.S. places a tariff on that steel, it will now raise the price of it by the amount of the tax. This is a government action that it seems to me uh, ends up hurting trade. Somebody like Trump should know the difference between what helps trade and hurts trade, but he's trying to make a point and send a message to certain countries that he feels like are unfairly selling things into the U.S. Text titans tiptoe towards monopoly. Will Facebook, Google, and Amazon be regulated or broken up like Standard Oil and AT&T? It depends on how they grow, writes Christopher Mims. You have a sense that there's nothing uh, that you can do to to keep Facebook and uh, Amazon and Google out of your life and Apple. Imagine a not-too-distant future in which Trustbusters force Facebook to sell off Instagram and WhatsApp. Imagine a time when Amazon's cloud and delivery services are so dominant the company is broken up like AT&T. Imagine Google Search or YouTube becoming regulated monopolies like electricity and water. I think there's there's something to this. Facebook, Google parent Alphabet, and Amazon are enjoying profit market margins, market dominance, and clout that, according to economists and historians, suggests that they're developing into a new category of monopolists. They may not yet be ripe for such extreme regulatory action, but as they consolidate control of their markets, negative consequences for innovation and competition are becoming evident. So the idea behind calling something a monopoly is if they squelch competition to the point where nobody can compete with them. And they make the playing field so unlevel that they are not, it's not uh, possible for somebody to, to, to gain a foothold. For some who study the past, compare Amazon and Facebook to Standard Oil for their similar quest to vanquish competitors and even their own suppliers through vertical integration. Google, Facebook, and Amazon also bear resemblance to another monopolist of yore, the telegraph heavyweight Western Union, says Richard Duboff, emeritus professor of economic history at Bryn Mawr. What Western Union was always engaged in was clearing the field, getting rid of anybody who was in their way, either by takeover or other means. The main motive, as I see it, was market domination. So Bill Gates, they made him come to testify in Congress in 1998 as to whether his company had a monopoly on the software business. That's Microsoft. Apple, they say, is more subject to competitive disruption. 
So stay with us. You're listening to the Tom Dupree Show, News Radio 630 WAP. In times, now's the time. Like these, we're running out of time with North Korea. The time, Spygate, is now. Iran, the MS 13. These are animals. Make time to check in often. Tough and serious times. On News Radio 630 WLAP. Hi, this is Tom Dupree Jr. Are you a retirement saver and investor? Do you know how much income you're going to need in retirement to live? Do you know how much income your retirement savings are going to produce for you during retirement? and how to avoid liquidating those funds? If you don't know the answer to these questions, you aren't alone. However, if you would like to know, give us a call at Dupree Financial Group at 859-233-0400 for a free analysis of your retirement savings. We believe every retirement investor should know how much his or her investments should be expected to produce during retirement. That's Dupree Financial Group at 859 233 0400, DupreeFinancial.com, and the Tom Dupree Show Saturday mornings at 8 o'clock at News Radio 630 WLAP. That's Dupree Financial Group at 859 233 0400. 630 WLAP. Back on the Tom Dupree Show. So back to this discussion of Google and Facebook. Together, Google and Facebook take in 90, 73% of U.S. digital advertising. may not be something you think about often, but that success rests largely on the fact that both have spent so much money building data centers and filling them with hardware and software designed by an elite, in-demand set of engineers. In this way, they resemble the telegraph giants with investments in physical infrastructure so large that no upstart could match them. They also benefit from something historically unprecedented, the ability to get users to subsidize them with enormous quantities of free labor. Their systems are fueled by personal information, but instead of them hunting for it, people willingly provide it. In addition, social media is a land grab, and Facebook is its most successful grabber says Glenn Wheel, a senior research scholar at Yale. Its basic function has hardly changed in a decade, yet it's made enough money to buy Instagram, WhatsApp, or copy Twitter and Snapchat, its biggest competitors. There is preliminary evidence that the size of the digital advertising pie could grow faster than Google's and Facebook's share of it. Research company eMarketer predicted in March that their um, combined share of the ad market will fall for the first time ever. So if you think about that this is a kind of like the wild, wild west, and what it's all about is gaining as much information as you can about people and what they're interested in and, and the fact that they provide you with so much of their information, which just, shows me how stupid people are and how desperate they are to be recognized and feel like, you know, they matter. They they put all this information out there on Facebook like it's really... Anyway. We face fierce competition as new technologies change the way people connect, says a spokeswoman for Facebook. 
Facebook is just one part of an ecosystem that includes dozens of messaging products, photo and video sharing apps, and many other services. Popularity does not equal dominance, and size is not a guarantee of future success. Amazon, in its sprawl and ambition, illustrates what monopolies look like in their early days, says Kim Wang, an assistant professor of strategy. Amazon seems determined to translate its dominance in cloud computing and online retail into dominance in physical retail, delivery of goods, voice-based computing, and a half a dozen other industries. Amazon already accounts for 44% of U.S. e-commerce sales and is showing rapid growth in categories where it previously foundered, like luxury goods and food. It's convinced former competitors to get on board as partners, is vertically integrating everything from ordering to delivery, and could someday add manufacturing to the mix. You know, the the problem with that is that uh, people will upchuck on it at some point. They 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 look for something more. They lose their sense of being enamored with one thing. Uh, it's it's kind of like what happened with the beer business. 12, 14, 15 years ago, it looked like you were going to have two brands of beer, uh, Bud and, and Miller, and nobody seemed to care. And then all of a sudden, it's just like it happened the craft beer business took off and you had um, all of a sudden numerous, numerous different uh, beer vendors out there. And the market became suddenly incredibly fragmented and people were willing to try different things. They weren't really willing before that. They drank Buds and Bud Lights Millers and Miller Lights, and, and that was about it. But you saw a, a major change take place in beer. I think that could also happen with these um, with these big online companies. Nobody stays on top forever. And if the government says, you know, You've gotten too big. We're going to make you do what AT&T did back in the 80s, which was split into various different companies. Then it could happen that way. One thing that will happen that is going to happen is that, um, you know, the more that they've invested into different sorts of uh, infrastructure to get their products out there, that's the more at risk they are for the whole game changing at some point. And it not being about having these big uh, centers that ship goods everywhere. You know that could that could all be changed, just like it did in, in the with the beer business. 
and uh, you know it could change relatively quickly as did the beer business so I'll be honest with you the one that scares me the most of these is Amazon they're the one that uh, I just have a hard time trusting uh, Jeff Bezos Bezos I feel like he could end up being uh, a pretty rough customer. It seems like uh, Zuckerberg seems like a, a kind of a college kid, and Larry Page and Sergey Brin, Brin uh, at uh, Google, they seem like uh, geeks, tech-type guys. But... It doesn't matter what I think. It's it's going to be interesting to see how this stuff goes down over the next several years and what really happens. Apple, the one that you would think would be the most the most of a you know of a of a monopolist. <clears throat> it doesn't have a monopoly. Because you look at uh, the Android system and uh, phones made by people like Samsung, which I use, you know, it's not, you can't consider Apple monopolistic in that sense. Today's Amazon is tomorrow's Macy's, says Dr. Wang. Very few companies will be able to position themselves for the next new technology every time. I think that may be true. Macy's used to be a giant, highly dominant. But today, they're sort of a relic of their, their former self, despite the fact that the stock's done really well over the last little bit. Um, Macy's still is a relic. Will Amazon become that way? At some point, yes. It's almost certain. Nothing lasts forever. Stay with us for the next hour. We'll have Philip Sexton and Mike Johnson in studio with us. You're listening to the Tom Dupree Show. It's News Radio 630 WLAP. And there goes the last DJ who plays what he wants to play and says what he wants to say.